Hello, everyone. Uh, we are currently on a hiatus, and while we're on a hiatus, we are re-releasing some classics from the I'm Anxious About archive, uh, condensed to just the best parts of the episode. And we hope that you enjoy this re-release from one of our favorite episodes from the library. We hope Chris and Allison from the past treat you well. Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. And I'm Allison Green. And today we are anxious about the past. going to be uh this is going to be a heavy one right unfortunately i would like to do something light sometimes but i feel like you know why not why not yeah. like this is one of those episodes that will be kind of therapeutic for for us to aren't they all like, aren't they all true. just like yes. publicly broadcast therapy that we don't it's have true. to pay for and yeah, hopefully one day might pay for us to actually go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> That's another episode down the line as well. <laughs> oh dear. So where do you want to start? Um, let's start with just getting a little bit out of the way here about just the idea of even being anxious about the past. Um, a lot of people think. And I think they think it incorrectly that anxiety is something that's only about a future event. And you have to be anxious about something in particular, which I suppose this podcast doesn't necessarily uh, dismantle with our with our name. <laughs> but um, sometimes you can just be anxious, period. No preposition necessary. And um, it doesn't need to be anxious about a future event that's like impending and looming over you, you can be anxious about something that just popped up and occurred right in the moment that you're dealing with right then. Or you can be anxious after the fact about something you did when you're reliving it, which I guess is technically more of a present tense anxiety. And I guess if you really want to get all Chris and meditation-y about it, you know, I can, <laughs> everything is a present moment reality anyway. But anyway, um, I guess what I want to say is I believe you can be anxious about the past. I mean, if I didn't believe that, we wouldn't be recording this episode. And so we're going to be talking about just how our experience with the past and reliving certain moments in our past can lead to a feeling of anxiety in the present, basically. That's a good place to start just to sort of put down the foundation. Set the ground rules. Preempt yes. anyone. <laughs> Yeah, put down put down the foundation here as we build the mental house from the past. <laughs> I feel so, like this, that metaphor was getting away from you before it even got started. 
Yes, it was. I, I, I was. I was it was just like you were. Your fingers were like grasping at a rope that was just out, out of reach. <laughs> it's true. And then in my head, I was already sort of planning out how we would talk about the episode in terms of the different rooms that we built on top of the foundation. <laughs> but before, but uh, before I could even get that metaphor started, we dismantled the house, um, which. Ironically, that's the only time I could use that metaphor well. So <laughs> I will back up a little bit and and just first comment on what you're saying, which is that I, I do think it's very possible to be anxious about the past. And actually, I think for both of us, something we've talked about in previous episodes is that that's actually typically where we go first, right? I mean, yeah. I, I don't typically go to the future. Um, I, I try and kind of plan my day so I'm focused on the day at hand and what's going on the following day, but there's, it's not usually a situation where I'm really worried about something a week from now. Yeah. It's usually, it's usually a situation where it's, I'm, I'm randomly focused on something that happened 17 and a half months ago. Yep. Same. I can definitely get anxious about the future in very specific instances. Like uh, I've been anxious about the future just a lot this year, just being in such a indecisive present. And um, so it makes the future feel more confusing. But generally, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I kind of feel just like I know I'm on my track and I know that the future is going to come. And I know that my trajectory is generally something I'm happy with. So like I'm kind of just like, all right, I'll meet the future where it is. And, you know, any like immediate problems with the future I'll worry about. But like, you know, just generally speaking, I don't know, I'm not really consumed with like fear about the future, but the past, oh, the past. I don't know. I think if you have social anxiety, like I do, like you will be just reliving every mistake and every like awkward introduction and just like awkward joke, awkward pause, just until you die, you'll be like, you know, 85 <laughs> can't even recognize your grandkids face and then you're like remember the time that i that i accidentally sent a screenshot of of the chat <laughs> to the person who i took the screenshot of oh my god that happened to me once and it was the worst it was like it was my old roommate too and i was like oh shit thank god we don't live together anymore <laughs> yeah that makes me anxious just hearing that to yeah, be honest with you. it was horrible it was one of the worst feelings in the world like luckily i didn't say anything i just sent the screenshot but like if you get a screenshot of your own message sent to you yikes (laughs) yeah 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 um yeah i was gonna say that that all makes sense to me and when you when you were talking about about that i had this visualization of i that i feel the same you know that that the future to me i'm not so worried about unless there's specific events in which case i can get worried about things but for me that the thing about the past is that it's already written and so i can kind of re-examine it so for, for, i kind of picture this situation where i kind of have the past in this in this huge volume on my desk that's kind of always open and i can you know turn back to it and be like oh yes that moment like the future <laughs> i don't have that giant like almost like religious like volume you know yeah. where you can blow the dust off and go back so that the present i kind of feel like i'm writing it as i go which is a bit of an exciting task in and of itself the future i kind of imagine that it will be written one way or another so i'm not going to stress about it of course when we get to the episode about the future i'm sure we'll come up with a whole bunch of <laughs> like, anxieties i'm and fine we'll... with the future and then yeah. the future comes, and then i fucking episode, hate the like, future like, i'm not fine with the future at all and and 
that's part of it. I mean, anxiety really is just like a strange interplay between past, present, and future. So we're all three episodes. I'm sure that we'll do. We'll have some um, reminiscing on on past episodes. But anyways, I, it can be problematic only because let's use that metaphor of the large volume that contains all your memories again. Remember, you can... we we deemed it the shame scrapbook in a previous episode. Yes. Okay. Right. Fair, fair. So this shame scrapbook, which I've now given like, I don't know, some sort of religious large significance, <laughs> like, like the book of Kells in Ireland or something. Um, so you can turn back to it, but unfortunately the way, however you're feeling when you revisit the shame scrapbook, it can sort of alter the way you look at that memory, right? But but that memory remains very like staunchly um, and intensely and viscerally um, clear, you know, because yeah. because you've because you've relived that memory a thousand times, you can go back to it and and literally revisit sentences and and it's it's this strange thing because again, a phenomenon we talk about occasionally is that you can, you know, why can't I remember what I ate for breakfast, but I can go back 12 years and be like, oh, that time when I scraped my knee and all my friends left me, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's the most bizarre phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think also there is like a, a selection bias to the memories that you have, like you're, I mean, sometimes, you know, you just generate a memory truly out of the abyss and you're like holy shit why did i think about that but then <laughs> most of the time you're generating a memory in response to a stimuli that like triggered you to think about something that was related even if there might be like six degrees of separation between the thoughts as mine tend to do i feel like my thoughts are sort of just like uh like a drunk person playing a word association game just like, <laughs> they're just like oh how far can we go <laughs> just you know when you said that it reminds me as well that like there's an there's almost an anxiety in that too where a thought comes up and you're like wait a minute why am i thinking about that you almost yeah. have to play detective on yourself and yeah. and it's like it's not like finding the answer makes you feel any better. Sometimes you make an association and you're like, oh, oh, that seems like I didn't need to go there. <laughs> oh, you're yeah. like almost frustrated at yourself for, for drawing that connection. You're like, be a little kinder to yourself. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think there is a selection bias because you're, you know, maybe you make a fool of yourself at the grocery store, which for some reason is the, the thing that I always come back to. Apparently I'm very yeah, terrified. I was going to say, how many, how many bad grocery store memories do you oh, have? So many, so many. Every single time I'm standing in line at like the checkout, I'm like, okay, now say things correctly. And you know, don't, you know, don't wish them a good meal too. Although I guess that's a waiter, but you know what I mean? You just like, you don't want to do things like that. And you're like kind of preparing yourself not to say those things. And I just feel like every time I go to the grocery store, I'm reliving my shame scrapbook of grocery store biggest hits. <laughs> you know? Thank you for shopping at Whole Foods. You too, ma'am. I'm not shopping at Whole Foods. You are. You think I can afford Whole Foods with this paycheck, please? <laughs> Go back to your entitled life. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, um, that's kind of what I go through. And I don't know, just every single time I'm reliving a social situation, I'm 
or every single time I'm going through a social situation, my brain is like searching like a, it almost seems like a, like a crazy geek in my head is like searching, like, let's look up all the times that you fucked this one up. And then it's just like gathering Mm -hmm. just like this big list of grave errors to just like, then Mm -hmm. just scan through almost like a computer program. And then it's like, bing, 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 bing. And just like reliving every related memory where I made a similar error. And it just sucks. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I know exactly what you mean. I think the longer that I start to actually try and examine my thoughts, the better able I am to kind of actually like combat some of those things. Like I th- I think in the past before I just I sort of took my own my own thought pattern or or the my own narrative as like as gospel like oh if you feel that way that must be true but i'm getting a bit better at actually being like wait is that even fair or reasonable like i'm i'm kind of i'm getting a little bit better at that nowadays mm-hmm. yeah. the other thing too is that before what i would do was a memory would come up that i would feel i don't know some shame for which I think is common with whether you have anxiety or not. I mean, of course we all have shame in our past, but I think I had a tendency and I don't know whether this is anxiety related or not, but I had a tendency to just shuffle it away be like, I'll th- let me think about anything but this. And I would sort of push it away. But you realize over time that if you do that thousands of times and you never really address that, it, you just end up having this bursting closet of memories that eventually comes out in some way. So now I try if I can. I mean, some days I'm like, I'm not going down that path. But you know, if if I'm in a pretty good mental state and one of these thoughts pops into my mind, I think I'm getting better at just challenging it and being like, wait a minute, is that even reasonable? And it kind of feels like I'm slowly, definitely depending on the day, but slowly um, able to erase a little bit of that shame. The more I'm able to actually confront it in some way if i'm not sure if that makes sense or came across as i was hoping it to but i i think you probably get the gist yeah, of what i'm saying it made a lot of sense but when you said bursting closet i like looked shamefully over at my closet of which there are like more clothes on the floor of the closet than it, on the hangers and was just consumed with existential dread so i may have gotten a little lost there but um that was all me not you but you also realized that i I accidentally swooped back to my house metaphor (laughs) you did yeah closet perfect wow i didn't even realize that (laughs) yeah this is one haunted house of anxiety today (laughs) which is fitting as uh we'll be releasing this in October, I think. I'm I was trying to see how many days there are in September. But I think we'll be releasing this in October. October first, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So have a we're having Sorry, a- so I, I I got you off track. <laughs> you were talking about the closet. So what did what did you want to say in response to what I said before, if anything at all? Um oh my god. Or do we even remember do we even remember collectively <laughs> what I said? Um <laughs> I was like, let me just scroll back. I'm like, wait, no, that's not how live recording works. Oh, no, this is a conversation. <laughs> I was like trying to edit in real time as we were recording. Oh, dear Lord. Oh, I was, I mean, in, in some, I was just talking about how 
you spend years and years and years pushing these thoughts away, which sort of give them their oh, own right. strength. And that it, it does seem better, generally speaking, if you're in the right mental place to try and contend with some of these memories and at least poke holes in the, uh, mm -hmm. in the theories that you've doubled down on. Yeah, I think I'm not quite there yet. Like, I take your word for it that, like, it is a successful strategy, but... I don't know. I think the power of my own narratives is just like so compelling. Maybe I'm just like, I just feel like I'm just really addicted to telling myself my own stories. And I kind of need to like learn to let go of that. But mm. there's something so addicting about, you know, like just like constantly narrating everything to yourself, you know, and just like not just letting something just be, but trying to contextualize and file it away in a particular compartment of failure and just you know what I mean like it's really hard to break that habit because there is something compelling about sorting things in your in your mind so potential theory um firstly I should say that I'm like I'm not on any level where I can be like oh you'll get there Alison like I'm kind of right there with you I'm just like I've taken a few baby steps and I just bought my first pair of baby shoes and I'm like slowly walking but what I was what I was going to point out was, do you think that's partially because the background that both of us have with English literature and the fact that every story needs to have a moral? Maybe, but I think mostly just I think it's just the human desire to yeah. categorize things, you know. Yeah. And so yeah, when you true. have an experience, you just you want to sort it into something that's good or bad just like that's just our like our judging brain right wants to put things into good categories and bad categories roughly so that we can either avoid or seek out more of this more of the same experience right we either want to replicate or avoid and so i think there is just something kind of innate that you have to sort of learn to override the desire to constantly construct like this overarching narrative of events and just constantly categorize things and put things in your shame scrapbook. I think like there's a point where you need to just be like, that just happened and I'm not going to feel any kind of way about it, but I'm not there yet. I, I will say that I'll give a small example of what I mean as far as like not spiraling into anxiety and shame. I, like a couple of weeks ago, my I, I accidentally sent out a newsletter. I basically sent out um, two emails two days in a row by accident that were pretty much the exact same because one was like dormant at the bottom of my list. And then that wouldn't normally be a problem, but both of them were like, kind of like, why don't you consider buying my ebook? And it was like, I already had so much kind of shame being like, putting that proposition out there. And then the next day when I was trying to fix the order in which my emails went out, I accidentally sent the other email. Oh, that was no. like, Why don't you buy my ebook? So I had like, <laughs> it's like, I you didn't buy my ebook, buy my damn yeah, ebook. Exactly. And I was like, people are going to think I'm this monster, this like money hungry monster or whatever. So I had a spiral for about 10 minutes where I was like, Oh, the shame, the shame. And like Brie was like, it's okay, bud, like deep breaths. And that would have typically been a situation where I just um, abandoned ship and like left the house, left the computer and like just went out on a 
I don't know, some sort of uh, spirited, delirious walk. Uh, I'm imagining where... basically like the first chapter of Moby Dick. It would. I mean, we're looking at, yeah, I mean, there would have been a lot of rain. The skies would have gotten <laughs> gloomy. It would have been lightning would have been striking. Like it's a dreary November in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's, it was a dreary November in my soul. And, but instead I took a couple of deep breaths. I looked at the situation. You didn't take instead, to the sea? What? You didn't take to the sea? I did not take to the sea, actually. I actually, I got back in the boat. I took the wheel and I I sent out an email that was like, I'm going to be totally honest. I just accidentally sent that second email about the ebook. I was like, it's hard to put a number on the uh, intense shame and agony I feel towards this. Um, I hope you'll all forgive me. And I kind of made it like playful and and humorous in tone. And, and I sent that third email out which i thought would be mortifying i got more replies to that email than any email i've ever sent <laughs> and i sold nine ebooks wow and, and then and so and so this was a classic situation for me where I, I i really do feel strongly that if this had happened even 25 weeks ago you know before we started this podcast to be honest i i really do think that would have sent me into a week-long spiral mm-hmm. that i would have just continue to put shame and shame and shame and regret and regret and regret and 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 padded that on and and I would have um, given myself to that stormy November, but I took pause for a second and was able to say, I, I guess what I'm getting at is this notion of like, it turns out I'm only human, right? And like I make mistakes, and it was an honest mistake, and so it's that notion again of like, so why do I forgive other people for their mistakes, but not me for mistake, the mistakes that I make, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was progress. No, for sure. For sure. That's, that's nice that you were able to take that and not run with it and create a whole, a whole situation. A whole, na- a whole other narrative around a that. A whole that 600 page narrative about you on the sea, wondering about right. whales. I don't, exactly. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm really feeling this this extended Moby Dick metaphor right now. I, <laughs> I was just thinking about that book the other day. I was like, I should reread it. And so apparently now I've decided to just narrate it to the, the entire past is podcast. Coming in. The past is coming in here. Your past with Moby Dick is is really is really coming in here. Yeah, I feel like it's like the book that everyone uses to like signify trauma with books in general, and just be like, oh, that time I had to read it. But it's actually one of my favorite books of all time. Because it paints a time of of real emotional agony. <laughs> and I, I guess. Maybe I can just relate to his constant, just like, I need to ruminate for like 40 pages about this, you know, about the history of the harpoon. I'm like, yes, me too. <laughs> if I can ruminate about the conflict enough, perhaps I can create a new conflict. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, brilliant. Um, well, we'll we'll get back to Moby Dick in a in a in a short moment. I'm sure I'll bring us there again. <laughs> yeah, I, that's all that's all I ask. But I, one thing that I did really want to bring up, and this seems fitting considering the track that we've been on, is um, I was reading an article in the Anxiety and Depression on the website of the Anxiety and Depression Association of America (ADAA), and there was an article called "How to Handle Regret" by Suma Shand, and a PhD. And it's a relatively simple, straightforward sort of article, but it has uh, 
basically a number of questions you can ask yourself for at, at least at the very least trying to proactively challenge some of the those narratives that you've had. And there's a lot of questions that I, I you know, we'll, we'll put the link in the show notes so you can look at all the questions if you're listening. But the one question that I thought was pertinent that I felt like we should discuss is the first question, which was, could I have acted any differently considering the particular stage in my life and the information or experiences I had until that point in my life? Yeah, that's such a good one because I'm constantly just like flagellating myself for something that I couldn't have possibly known like in the present day or in the past that I know now in the present and that I could have only known through making it to the present moment. Like there are times when I'm like, oh man, like why did I even go to grad school? I should have just started a blog (laughs) 10 years ago, you know? Oh my God, if I started 10 years ago, just imagine what my domain authority would be and da 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 da, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm just like, but I couldn't have known because I didn't even know that travel blogs were a thing until like 2015, you know? And like, so there is a part of me that's just like always so mad at myself that I didn't do something differently and what I deem to be right, like from the get go. So this is, (laughs) I think you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, I do that incessantly. I constantly think about what I would have done if I could have gone back in the past and done this, that, or the other. And I think of the classic scenario of Back to the Future, where the character knows all the World Series winners and is able to go back and cash in on a World Series bet. And I, th- I think about that, like, as far as, like, oh, if I'd only gone back, yeah, and, and same with you. I'm like, if I'd, if I'd only known my blog and if I'd only known whatever. So now uh, when I, and this is just something I've started doing recently just because I think it's it's just humorous and it's a way that I can make light of things is kind of anytime I find myself going back down that narrative, I kind of have like almost like a game show signifier of like, like, if I'd only known, you know, like (laughs) it just makes it so much more ridiculous. It it just, it just pops into my head because I realize I spend so much time as a contestant on that, my own game show of like, (laughs) if I'd only known, but that I had to make it stupid, you know, I had to make it ridiculous and be like, so now it, it's, it's, it's kind of a helpful tactic because I go back and I'm like, yeah, well, if I'd known that, I could have gone there and could have done this and my website would be bigger and I'd be no, and I'd be making more money and da, 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 da. And then I just have to stop and be like, da, 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 if I'd only known. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to steal that. I think that sounds nice and helpful. It is helpful because it, it forces you to realize that you couldn't have known and, and also it helps me laugh and smile, but it also helps me realize that I didn't know it then, but I do know it now, right? So it's like yeah. I can bring that with me today and tomorrow, you know. And the other thing too is like I listen to an ungodly amount of podcasts about entrepreneurs and entrepreneurship and whatever and how I built this and all this kind of stuff. I've yet to find a single episode or a single good entrepreneur story that didn't have some sort of hardship or obstacles or struggle. You know, and so so it's it's this thing where I, when I look back and I'm like, oh, you know, I could have bypassed that or done that or whatever. I'm like, actually, it turns out like your struggle and hardship makes you who you are. Yeah. It makes you who like I I I have all this regret and shame for oh if this had gone differently or that had gone differently or whatever. But at the same time too, 
sure, I wish some things hadn't happened in my past, or I wish I had, you know, for sure, in particular, I wish I still had a couple of people who I lost in my life. That's, that's, there's no question about that in my past. But the, more often than not, what I learned from a mistake or failure is valuable. Yeah. And so I need to focus on those sorts of things because I spent far too much time just focusing on that was a mistake and then period, right? Well, there's a comma there and, and the rest of that sentence is, well, what did I learn from it, right? Because we learned something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think there's such a, a desire to have done everything right from the outset that you can yeah. forget that that was never really a possibility. Like that wasn't yeah, actually yeah. really a choice because even if you did say start the blog um, 10 years ago, maybe you didn't know what you were doing. Maybe you did something that really messed yourself up. Maybe, you know, you got bored of it faster because you had no sense of direction to it. You know what I mean? It's just every possibility then opens up like this whole spider web of new possibilities, you know? So it's just like, you can't just like go back down these, like, you know, this like perfect flow chart and go back to this like fork and switch the divergence, but then be exactly where you are. But with like one small thing changed, like every single thing would have changed. That's the it's only the, option. It's the butterfly effect, right? Yeah, it's the, exactly. Like the, that movie with uh, their old Bud Ashton Kutcher, right? I was it's thinking like you... about that movie when I was talking yeah. about it, but I didn't want to say butterfly effects because I yeah. didn't want to think about the Ashton Kutcher movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I found that movie... I mean, that's an intense movie, by the way. We should not... We don't give Isn't an explicit warning about our... Yeah, we don't give an explicit warning about our language, but I will give an explicit warning about that. There's, there's a few scenes in there that are pretty yeah. intense. And, and it's a little bit of one of those, like, uh, there's a, there's a bit of a maddening spiral there that you kind of got to be ready ready for. Uh, I've seen that movie a couple times for sure. Anyways, uh, not to spend the whole episode talking about that, but, but you're right. You can't, you can't go back and say, if I'd only change that one thing, cause it doesn't work like that. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I could say the same thing. Well, if I if I knew everything I knew about blogging, now I could go back and make this huge amount of money with it or whatever. But then I maybe I wouldn't have taught in Istanbul for three years. We which definitely is a huge... wouldn't have met in Romania because we would have known better. Right. And, <laughs> yeah, and exactly. then we wouldn't have this podcast. Yeah. And then we wouldn't have this podcast and, and all of this kind of stuff. And I also, I do feel like my scars make me who I am in a big way, in an important way. I really can't stand people who stand on a platform with a halo and and say, and pretend like they've lived their life perfectly. And they're going to give you a script for how to live your life perfectly. Like life isn't about living it perfectly. It's about living as best we can. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like going back to that, like, could I have acted any differently considering that particular stage in my life and the information that I had to that point for the most part, no. And in some cases, it was just like, yeah, I just didn't have a mental hold on my ADHD and I made some poor choices. But but for the most part, you know, could I have done any differently? No, I mean, I, I just wasn't mature enough at that point or, or what, whatever the situation is. You didn't have the information you needed. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have the information. I But now I feel like in, at least in some respects, I have a lot of information to deal with things. And my goal partially spurred by this podcast is like, I want to become more active in helping 
others, you know, particularly young boys with ADHD, I feel like who are struggling to figure out if they're bright or intelligent or how to use their skills. Like I want to be more an active participant in in that space and see if I can help people and, and utilize my education background to do that. And the same thing, like with this podcast and, and anxiety, like I want to flex that muscle. Well, there's no chance I have that muscle to flex if I didn't stumble so many times myself. Yeah, you'd be so unrelatable. You'd be like one of those like good vibes only people who just everyone's like, they either eat it up just every bite or they're just like, who the hell? What? Who are you? You know, there's like, I feel like there's like two people only the people who just like someone posts a caption that's just like, you know, this very classic, like good vibes only and everyone like posts like the praise hands emoji and then everyone else <laughs> shaking their heads. And, you know, I think you want to connect with the people who shake their heads a little bit and just sort of are, are who question things more and who who want to know the struggle, who want to know the scars, who want to know the backstory and not just hear kind of like a platitude with no context, you know, because even if you, you can decontext, you can contextualize a cliche and add meaning to it. But if you just give the cliche and you don't have any meaning to it, it just, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like cheating in a way. You're just like giving someone the ending of a story without actually giving them yeah. any plot. Yeah, I I really like the comment you made before about thinking about how that wasn't an option. You know, like we think about things sometimes and we're like, oh, if this had only happened, that has only happened, or if we lived things perfectly. And yet it's such a, I think it's such a strong reminder to underline it's like that wasn't an option. That just wasn't an option to do things perfectly. And I think the the addendum, not even the addendum, the the one thing that I would add to that to even strengthen it further is just, I don't know about you, but when I look back on my past or the mistakes I've made and so on and so forth, I get caught in this idea like, well, that I was the only one making mistakes. And it's also important to remind, like, remember, like, not only was it not possible for me to make mistakes, but I'm also not the only one who made mistakes. Like every person who's ever lived made a lot of mistakes. And the only difference is they just might not bathe in the shame around those mistakes. Yeah. Oh, the, God. the shame bath, of course, in the house. Yeah, in the house, in the shame, in the shame bathroom next to the shame closet. Yeah, with <laughs> the shame stack, art, where you stack your shame towels. And the shit with the, of course, the the shame art room, which is where the scrapbook is uh, well lit from all angles with the, the ceiling case. lights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful and you, house we've elaborately constructed verbally. Yeah, and when you open the door, all, hey. all the alarms go off at once just to remind you to to make sure you open up that shame book with this just yeah. the right amount of panic. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Oh, the metaphor lives. It too, almost a little too much. That was, <laughs> that was pretty far. Yeah, it was like all the lights on metaphor. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that that, that, uh, that was. So I think we've like we've done a good job of covering yeah. things from from a bunch of different angles. There's probably a few other areas we can sort of address before we wrap up, but it seems like we're kind of staying pretty concise and on topic. This probably won't be one of our hour and a halfers. No. I think we'll probably just like I, I think we're getting better at just like just taking an hour and being like boom. And I kind of like that. Yeah. So 
do you, uh, I guess, what else do you have that you might want to talk about as it relates to being anxious about the past? Um, one thing that I just thought about while we were talking is, is there a difference? And if there's a difference, what is the difference between regret and anxiety about the past? Are they the same thing for you, at least? That's such a good question. Um, it's, I, I'll, I, I will tell you, I, I don't know the answer, but it would be hard for me to separate them from each other. I feel like regret is the natural emotion that you feel when revisiting an unpleasant memory. But I think the life that it takes on in the narrative that you ascribe to it and all of the mental work that happens after that memory is the anxiety. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how I would sort of separate it. Yeah. Like regret doesn't, it doesn't strike me as something that's at all proactive. Like it doesn't strike me as anything helpful. And I'm not sure, like, I guess the way that I would think about it, and this is almost identical to what you said. So if anyone's just like, Chris, you just copy what Allison said, <laughs> um, I would accept that. But I guess for, for me, regret would be its own thing that I feel towards it. And then me trying to untangle why I feel regret would lead towards the like anxiety avenue. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, we're, we're arriving at the same place there. Like uh, regret is the initial impulse and anxiety is the, the reaction to the impulse. Disseminating and or padding the regret. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like the multiplying effect of the regret. Yeah, and in, and in almost all cases, probably they, we're looking at the the latter. It's the actual, it's the adding extra floors to the shame house. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost, I'm what almost done. You got to give me this. House be? <laughs> you've got to give me the full uh, <laughs> this full episode. But I think like it, they'll probably get to a point where I'm just like, you're gonna have to be like, stop, because I'd be like, and that's you know, when we're directionless, we need a shame weathercock, you know, with north south east. <laughs> But you didn't answer oh, my man. question. I said, "What color would the sh- uh, would the shame house be painted?" Oh, I didn't even hear that. Um, <laughs> you were just constructing the weather vane. <laughs> yeah, I was in my head. I was. I think I was just waiting to say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, what color would the shame house be? I mean, probably an intense uh, blushing red. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going to say like a slate gray. Okay, so I in in my head, I th- I think it should be the same color as however rosy your cheeks get when you're in full embarrassment mode. Yeah, mine would be millennial pink, basically. Okay, all right, mine <laughs> mine would be like a pink slash reddish hue. <laughs> Magenta. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine if I just answered that question right away and I was like, obviously magenta. Fuchsia, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> a very polite and sensual turquoise oh <laughs> i don't like the word sensual it's like moist it's one of those words that just just delete yeah. just delete the word from the english language okay let's uh <laughs> let's all, we can we can all delete that um <laughs> uh, okay sweet i think that's kind of brought things full circle mm-hmm. yeah i think I have nothing to regret in this conversation. No, nothing that I'm feeling magenta about. <laughs> uh, the 
the one thing actually that I did have written down that I did want to mention was that I think it's it's also worth considering that we change dramatically over time. And so when I feel shame for the actions of, you know, something that I did that realistically probably no one else even remembers that I did when I was 18 years old, I'm barely the same person. You know, it's like I'm so far removed from that person that that fact alone should make us all realize like to feel shame for the actions of like that person when you've changed so tremendously over that time, it, it's almost ludicrous, right? Yeah. It's it, it's almost like feeling like you may as well look at it as like feeling shame for a different person because yeah, you're, you're holding you're, the wrong person accountable. Exactly. And, and the only reason you should feel shame is if you look back and you are the same person you were 12 years ago. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's, that puts a nice bow on things. Let's transition into our kind of the, the section we just kind of created that we didn't even expect to have as a long time thing, but the section where we can look at what things we might be able to do that can be helpful when thinking about the anxiety we have around the past. I don't know if you have any tips kind of written down or anything comes to mind that's just been helpful for you, but uh, I think we ought to shift into that gear yeah. if you're if you're good. Um, I guess just burn your shame scrapbook. Um, but for real, it does no it does no good to go through your like failure greatest hits. Um, and so I'm just I'm if, just picturing the album with yeah. you hosting your own album, just like <laughs> with the song tracks. I'm thinking of almost like a kid spot version where everything is just a little bit bootleg too. You know, where like they can't actually use the exact rhythm or the exact lyrics. Um, so you're just putting your own weird spin on things because that's the thing too. Like one, you're not the same person anymore. So like you don't need to hold yourself accountable for past used mistakes Two, I had a really good two and now I can't remember. Oh shit. It was good though. Let's just, just, okay, you I know, believe, just you. believe it. But yeah, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that you just, you can't constantly expect yourself to have done everything perfectly from the beginning. And so it's just not helpful to just go there. I feel like that was a bit of a, a bit of like a anti-climax there because I was so excited to share my number two. I thought you I were climbing know. a pretty, I thought you were climbing a pretty special mountain there, but it just turned out I to be know. a kind of nice hill. Yeah. Yeah. I just, like, <laughs> I just sat to the hill and was like, oh, oh, the mountains over there. Oh, oh, I guess I'm going to stop this hike. If this was a movie, like if this was a movie, I feel like that would have been the moment where like all of a sudden the sound came in the background. It's like, like and it would have been like i feel like you were entering into your prolific moment i honestly zoned out and just listened so carefully that i wasn't even paying attention to give a response so that when you didn't have number two and then trailed off i kind of was like yes um and it kind of added it added to the to the dud so i mean it obviously wasn't a dud all joking aside i think the point the point was made that i have to add a new chapter to my shame scrapbook now yeah yeah can you make sure you just star that chapter chris will you sign the page in there since you were present (laughs) for it you want my autograph Uh, the praise squirrel is going crazy right now (laughs) um but yeah you know I get it. It's so addicting to, you know, just ascribe 
positive and negative values to every single thing you've done and either praise yourself or flagellate yourself and you know you don't necessarily need to do that there's like a neutral option and i think the it happened option yeah the the it happened live with it option or the, or the da, 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 if i'd only known yeah exactly <laughs> so i don't know i'm just trying to categorize things less but i don't believe i've succeeded but i know that it i know that it's what i'm supposed to do and that's a start fair enough like i think it's going to be fun to look back when we get to episode whatever right and look back and be like like i feel like the the growth at least i feel like the growth that i've done since we started the podcast is i don't know significant over a period of like 20 25 weeks or whatever but realistically I'm, you know, I can only hope that 20 episodes from now, I'm like, I've learned a lot more and grown a lot more and all of this kind of stuff. So it's a, all that to say, like, it's a big process. And I know that I still have so much more, so much more growing to do. I, I'm still on that hill when I need to be on the mountain. <laughs> I've only remembered number one, too. So, so I'm really trying to still remember it because I just feel like I can like vindicate myself, but Alas. I can I can talk I can talk about my tips and you can go for it. No, pretend, I'm not gonna. Pre- it's I can tell it's just gone to to the mental abyss. So just go for it. Okay. All right. Well, if it comes back to you, I will fully give you permission to just blatantly interrupt me. Okay. Fair. All right. Fair. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. So the things that I would just mention at the end is that. I'm not at all advocating for forgetting your past. Like, I don't think that we want to do like a men in black scenario where someone comes up to you and zaps you. Um, If you haven't seen that movie, you won't get that reference, but someone comes up and just like, you know, takes your past away. I'm not advocating for that. I think it's actually in some ways really helpful to think about your past. um, If you're particularly weighted down by certain things, but to do that in a healthy way. And quite frankly, sometimes the only way you're going to be able to do that is with, you know, a professional with, there are going to be some things in your past that probably you can't unravel on your own and you might need some professional help and there's no shame in that either. Yeah. Agreed. And I think our job is to find this balance between not forgetting our past and not being weighted down by it. So being comfortable with it, acknowledging it and learning from it. And really all we can ever do is just hope to harness our past to to help us with our present And that's much easier said than done, but the sentence sounds very uplifting. So we're going to stick with it. Yes. Let's do. I said, let's do, let's do, you know, I haven't, I haven't really let out, uh, uh, Allisonism in a while. That was a combination of let's do it. And, uh, please do let's do do. for the, for first time listeners, I have a propensity to mix two idioms into one absolutely nonsensical phrase only idioms though only idioms yeah, only idioms and um they're gems the classic one is uh do for it which is a combination of do it and go for it um that's become sort of like my my personal hashtag just do for it um so just that's like a little easter egg you can listen to in the future and if i let one slip and don't realize it please do let us know in our facebook group we're anxious about we would love mm-hmm. to hear uh your eagle ears do eagles even have good ears yeah yeah <laughs> that's, that's another one your ears and your eyes oh my god what am i doing 
Uh, no, I, eagle, eagle ears, I, I think eagles are noted for having good ears because my brother yeah. and I, if we came in late, uh, we used to joke that uh, my mom had eagle ears because she would always hear us if we came in. Huh, okay. Maybe I'm not the only one because I feel like the phrase is eagle eye. Yeah, I... <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm questioning myself. Yeah, now I'm really questioning myself. Well, I'm I'm fine with the eagle ears. Let's do. Uh, I guess I'm also fine with it. it. Let's do for it. Uh, yeah. The last thing that I just was going to say in our polite little wrap up here is that I think something which has been it it can be transformative if I actually remember it which is another thing altogether but it, it, it can be i'm considering getting it tattooed on my arm but it's it, it's just asking yourself the question is this helpful um sometimes you go so far down a path and you you have to really wonder after a period of time like is this actually doing me any good and that's probably a phrase that we can use for really any episode we've ever done right and mm-hmm. that's like that could be the motto of our podcast. You know, I'm anxious about a humorous podcast for anxiety and just the, the, like the, the, the definition of the show, just being like, we're trying to figure out if it's helpful, <laughs> like what's, what's helpful, but it can be awfully hard to figure that out. Right. Because yeah. I've got that, that nice healthy dosage of ADHD. I, I can literally just get lost in my own world and go so far down the rabbit hole while another conversation is going on and nod and like put up just enough conversation to still be there and be in, you know, be in a couple places at once and to bring it all back. um, Sometimes, you know, you might think I'm in the living room with you, but really I am sprawled out in the shame house and, (laughs) (laughs) and, and um, watching shame Netflix on the shame couch. Exactly. With my shame cat. (laughs) And and I think that question alone, the question of like, is this helpful at all is powerful. Even just if you ask, ask it once and disrupt the narrative that you have going, that's like gained so much steam. Is this helpful? Maybe is the question that can help you start to demolish the shame house. Perfect. Well, now that we've really hammered home, haha, that <laughs> metaphor, <laughs> I think I'm, we can I'm... park the car in the garage, exit it, <laughs> and set the house on fire, <laughs> never to be revived in a future episode. <laughs> we are we are pretty good at leaving our metaphors though in the in the episodes that they like yeah. they usually. They usually arrive, they really blossom into something. They have a very then, vivid life that lasts for one to one and a half hours. <laughs> it's it's like it's like the show Are You Afraid of the Dark where they start off with like they light the candle, whatever, and at the end of the episode they blow it out. That's yeah. like our metaphor. <laughs> oh, I love that show. So good. Me too. Um Thank you for listening to us and bearing with us. We hope that we have inspired you to burn your own shame scrapbook a little bit and just and house if, if and need house be. if need be and just to i don't know just uh 
to to write less narratives about yourself and just kind of let things just be in the neutral category a little more. I think that's that's what we hope to to take away from this episode. At least that's what I hope to take away and actually put into action a little bit. But we'll see. I'll probably, you know, get tongue tied at the grocery store tomorrow and then change my name and flee the country. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We're we're all we're, we're all a work in progress. I mean we 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 if you're I'm guessing we're gonna have a bunch of new listeners for this episode. And and if you are brand new, just know that, you know, we're really not speaking from from a from a hierarchy here we're, we're figuring this out just along with you and i think we're comfortable at this point just sharing some of the things we've learned but certainly it's been through you know trial and error and and mostly um, error mostly error yeah mostly <laughs> error. um but uh but we don't uh but, but we're getting better at not reminiscing on that error endlessly yeah. and yep. and challenging uh, and challenging that a little bit so i guess that's our moment uh this is our moment at least to to say goodbye thank you very much for listening and we will be back next week with another topic um and more metaphors so many more metaphors too many (laughs) too many (laughs) all right thanks for listening have a good week thanks guys bye